0: Welcome to another episode of the Two on One podcast with Adam and Alex.
1: Alex, we're back. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm That's good. Great, love to hear it.
0: Long time no see. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's been
0: like a hour. couple hours
1: class last last time we saw each other was like like 12 earlier today
0: oh yeah it's been a while
1: alex do you know what today is
0: it is november 13th
1: it is world kindness day
0: oh you've been so kind
1: have you (laughs) have (laughs) seen twitter today
0: um i have been on twitter yes
1: did you see what the carolina hurricanes were doing
0: No, but I'll go check right now.
1: No. No, I'm going to read it to you. So normally we start off with the power hour, which we won't get to in a second. But first, I'm going to read you a quick thread from the Carolina Hurricanes. In honor of World Kindness Day, we thought it would be nice to spread some love to our NHL friends. So to the Flyers, no mascot is as terrifying and fun as Gritty. Stuff like this. To the Islanders, the winning streak was amazing. To the Avalanche, thank you for being our best friends. The Golden Knights, we're lucky to have you in our league. To the Montreal Canadiens, more Stanley Cups than anyone. That's awesome. Also, we forgive you for the offer sheet thing. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. The Leafs, you're a major part of the fabric of hockey. Could have been better, but you know what are you going to do about it? Lundquist is really good at hockey. Wild, respect for the state of hockey, because what else can you say? The Sens, the kids are all right. From To the Blue Jackets, the cannons are unique and also super loud. Also, of course is cool. <laughs> now, you know what's really funny, Alex? I've looked at this a few times, and do you know who I noticed they didn't mention in this? Who? I can't see the Capitals. <laughs>
0: One second, let me scroll through this.
1: It's just—it's uh, pretty funny. Canucks, we love your colors. It's awesome that Vance Senior uh, Reynolds is a fan. Who is a fan?
0: No, they even have Seattle.
1: Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a Canucks fan. I'm disappointed.
0: He's from Vancouver. So. So generally, you're the team of a fan. You're the fan of a team that you're where you're from. Generally,
1: another country.
0: Yeah, so you—that's a special exception.
1: Whatever. All right, Alex, we've seen some tweets. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was really, really funny. No. But um, some you know we'll get this out the way now because it's a bit. Please. Like, what do you do with it? Uh, Sportsnet Rogers, whatever, however you want to put it, has parted ways with Don Cherry. Ra- Ron McLean apologized earlier in the week. Uh, but uh, only uh, Don Cherry has been let go. He talked to the media today. If you really want to go read that, people, listeners, <clears throat> go ahead and do that. Uh, do we really have anything else to say other Actually, than... Actually, I have
0: a little bit to say. Yeah? Because there's been a couple things that I've seen on Twitter that are uh, kind of getting on my nerves. Okay. I'm I'm only going to speak for myself. Uh, if you agree with me. Adam, you can tell me if you don't agree with me. Okay. You can tell me too. Uh it's only two things. First off, I find it annoying. Okay, so let me start off with I don't agree with what like what he did was wrong. Yeah. I'm someone who personally doesn't like to mix sports with other things because I find sports um a, a way to sh- to just look away from all the bad the bad things that are happening. Watching sports is like it's supposed to be fun, right? So I don't agree with what he did. L- that's the idea. Like we talked about it last time. We both do not agree with what he what he said. But course, what I find the people part. is yeah yeah the up yeah. What is kind of getting on my nerves is. When I want to openly say I respect Don Cherry for the career he's had prior to this as a member of the sport media community, I'm not allowed to say that, I find that a bit of a problem. Now, it's a whole separate issue, but I just want to say that it's a bit, for me, it's a problem because at the end of the day, I don't know if you and I could be sitting here doing this if it wasn't for him and a select few other people
1: I think that is uh, I guess yeah
0: and uh, no I understand what he what he's done is wrong I'm just saying I don't know why I can't look a, like aside from that yes I understand like we talked we talk about hockey players right we've talked about Austin Matthews and saying I respect Austin Matthews as a hockey player but he did something really stupid over the summer. Yeah. That, so That's kind of where the idea I'm coming from. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with what, what he said. I'm just the idea that he has set a landscape. He's done. Think about how many generations he has affected. At least three. At least three.
1: I think I was talking to Will Baldwin. He said that Cherry was a coach in the 70s. Right. coach so that just it tells you about his influence i think if you really want to listen to someone who is who i think said it all perfectly it was jeff merrick on yesterday's episode of hockey central at noon it's yeah. right at the start of it yes for so sure. i i've made my thoughts clear i don't really yeah. want to add anything else okay my like,
0: set what
1: uh, except I, 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 I wouldn't, and I'm not saying this to be that guy because I have I've actually met Don Cherry before, and he was nice to me, but I I wouldn't go and say that he is 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 an influence to why I do what I do. I give that to Jeff Merrick. I give that to Elliot Freeman, I that's give that. Not what, to that's Steve. not
0: what I'm saying though. That's not what I'm saying.
1: What are you saying?
0: I'm saying he set the landscape for for people to do what to do what they are doing now. Before Don Cherry, who was screaming about hockey for 10 minutes on Coach's Corner? Yeah, but... No one. Who, no one. No one.
1: Yeah, but I, you can't... I, I don't agree with saying that Don Cherry is the only reason, like...
0: I'm not. Terrifying. I said he's one of a few people.
1: You know what? I, I don't want to argue about this. On any other day, I would, but it's just... I've, I've had enough of this Don Cherry stuff. I've had enough of the shit that sport. I'm so, so sorry, Alex. Um I've had enough of all the crap that Sports and has been getting because they don't deserve
0: it. No, I'm not saying they I'm not saying they deserve it either. I the just, other thing is the other thing is quickly, is it's actually quite I've seen people complaining that why does it matter who replaces Don Cherry? I think it's quite important who replaces Don Cherry. He, if he probably has the most important segment in hockey. That first period intermission on a Saturday night is probably, if not the most important segment in hockey. So it's quite important who replaces Don Cherry.
1: And it should be Steve Dangle. It should
0: be Steve Dangle. Not noted Hobbs fan.
1: (laughs) We'll get into that a little later. Okay. Power Hour is officially starting now. Congratulations to the Seattle Sounders for winning the MLS Cup.
0: Yeah. I was watching it after we recorded. It Were was you, not fun.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, you don't sound very happy, Alex. No. Why is that?
0: Because the T, well TFC lost.
1: Oh, that's a that's a real shame. We are unbiased here. So congrats to the Sounders. They've, yeah. uh, when, Emma, Emma, when the Toronto... FC, when they won their first cup, it was against the Sounders, was it not? It was. But if you look at it like a Detroit-Pittsburgh standard, they're one for one. We need a rubber match.
0: No, that's two for one. They played three times.
1: Wait, do FC have two two things?
0: No, now Seattle has has their second against TFC, and TFC beat them two years ago.
1: Uh, Okay, well, anyway. Alex, I me mean, I we both used to be massive wrestling fans. Oh yeah. And I remember the guy who who really got me into it was CM Punk. And for years it was just this thing of he was never gonna go back. There was the ugly lawsuit with the company and the Dr. Chris a man and the whole stuff of, of Colt Cabana and it seemed he would just he was never coming back. This wasn't a Bret Hart situation, it wasn't anything like that. We were never getting CM Punk again. And all of a sudden, in my twat timeline, I see Renee Young, who's you know one of the members of WWE. I follow her because she's a she's an Ontario kid, and also she's a Vegas Golden Knights fan, so always nice. And it's this—I guess this is a show they have backstage. Yeah,
0: so it's a Fox show. It's not actually like
1: because they WWE. they just signed a new deal with Fox, didn't they? I believe so. And so there's this segment, and Paige is there. We just had that movie done about her. Renee Young is there. Samoa Joe and Adam Bay are all backstage. And then you just hear CM Punk's music. And yeah. I, Alex, honestly, I, it, this is something I never thought would happen. Obviously, there's no guarantee he's going to return to the ring. Survivor Series is right around the corner, and they normally have giant returns there. But honestly, I, I can't put into words what it was like to see cm punk back on some sort of wwe platform
0: well it's awesome like that's i haven't watched wwe since he left because it was just he was kind of the only reason i was watching it and then he was on 31 thoughts right he was on the when they had the chicago players on and then they released a full interview and i thought that was the coolest thing ever it was, it was the coolest thing
1: 'Cause in that Elliot Freeman mentioned rumors about him going back. And there's always been stuff of what if he did. But when I heard yeah. I like obviously Merrick's the bigger wrestling fan. So I was always thinking to myself, is this just Elliot? And Elliot doesn't throw stuff out about hockey, it isn't that legit. So I thought, is this just like something Elliot's heard? But like even outside of hockey, Freeman's got the inside deets.
0: Well yeah, like he officially he signs with Fox. So he's not officially assigned to WWE. Which is but, it's just funny,
1: but still, I guess maybe yeah. this is something that if it's like a backstage thing, he can trash him as much as he within the things of a contract. But the big thing is he, he is working on one of their thing, their shows,
0: right? It's Which is pretty cool.
1: Again, this is a company that he accused of of all this mismanagement of, of health issues, and it, it was it. I remember that it was a it was a blood feud.
0: It was not it was, fun.
1: It was not. Anyway, though, Alex, back to the hockey because I'm sure anyone who listens to this for hockey is like, "What is going on?" (laughs) But anyway, the Dallas Stars are going to be retiring Sergei Zubov's number, and this is uh, this is very late, of course. He played most of his career in Dallas, but at the end of his career, 771 points in 1068 games as a defenseman was with the Dallas Stars when they won the Cup in 1999.
0: What are your thoughts on? That's a lot of points for. That's a lot of points for a defenseman.
1: One of the best of all, how do you feel about Sergei Zubov finally getting his number retired with Letnin with Madonna?
0: Well, I think a lot of people have been waiting for this, including him. Like, this this was supposed to come. He's a two-time cup winner. He's in the Hall of Fame. I'm surprised it didn't come sooner.
1: Congratulations to Sergei Zubov, honestly. Yeah. He's growing up. Obviously, it was he was a bit, his prime years were before my time watching the game, but he was always somebody you heard of, right? Yes. So, moving on. Nick Foligno, we talked about how, I thought he was going to get around five game, Alex. You were a bit higher than me. But he ends up getting three games. He's not a repeat offender. The fact that his first big suspension goes right to three games is, uh, I thought it was a, I think it's a fair suspension in the grand scheme of things. What are your thoughts? Three games for
0: Nixalino. I think. Well, I, when I made the five to ten uh, games, I was thinking. Just you look at the severe, not necessarily the severity of the hit, but you look at he was coming in, puts up his elbow, gets him right in the head. Uh, the NHL is apparently trying to get rid of head hits. Right. That's that's what we're being told. That that's kind of where I was going with that um, with that hit. Now he I don't believe he's a repeat offender, which helps him, and it's Nick Foligno, which and it's the Columbus Blue Jackets, so that helps, I guess, too, because doesn't really matter.
1: How, wait, wait, but, wait wait wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is <laughs> because he's a blue jacket and
0: I don't care? No, no. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Right, but no, I say, but... It... was
1: a great guy. How dare you? And
0: no, it's because he's... Um, I'm going to be mean to the blue jackets. But I, I, my guess is if it's because he's not a repeat offender, they didn't give him anything higher than that.
1: Well, Alex, there's a big milestone we want to talk about. It's not, <laughs> not as big as Tomas Tatar. but.
0: Nope.
1: Now, unfortunately, with this player, you miss one game and he gets like six points, and you're over. But uh, congratulations! The other day, Connor McDavid got point number four hundred. Uh, at the time of recording this, he is four hundred three points in three hundred seven games played.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Thirty-one points in twenty games. I so- don't
0: understand. Uh, I don't understand. He- I don't understand.
1: I always have this thing, and I've talked about how I Austin Matthews is one of those Leafs that I don't. Hate because of the respect he gives Carey Price, right? But I always get super upset when I see people try and compare Austin Matthews to Connor McDavid or anyone to Connor McDavid or to Sidney Crosby. Those guys, because Connor McDavid is just—I think the term generational player gets thrown around too much. But Connor McDavid is a generational player.
0: The only person or only player you you are comparing Connor McDavid to is Sidney Crosby. Yes, no one else that is playing hockey right now is anywhere close to Connor Mcdavid, and no. I know you like to argue Nathan McKinnon. I don't know if you want to take those those words back
1: i mean i I want you to look look at Nathan McKinnon's numbers since La Co written and been, been out but um but the problem the difference between Mcdavid Crosby and McKinnon is McKinnon took a few years to get going. It wasn't until, like, Duchesne left that, they, that he finally turned into Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon, uh, yeah, and McDavid and Crosby have been McDavid and Crosby since they were drafted.
0: Right. Do you know how, I, I can't get over this. I really can't get over this. Do you know how many points he had last year? Uh, McDavid. 16. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I can say. I don't know what else to say.
1: It's amazing still to look back on the Oilers and think how the hell, especially how well they're doing this year, just how did you not make it?
0: I have, I can't comprehend it. I can't imagine how many points he would have gotten if he did not get injured in his first year because he had 48 points in 45 games.
1: With Nao Yakubov.
0: How many points? Like he would would he hit a hundred points? Like would he uh, have hit a hundred points? I I wouldn't have been
1: surprised, but I mean he gets at least eighty-five, probably.
0: Oh, at least. And
1: That's I think disgusting. honestly, if he was healthy, I think Neo Yakubov is still in the NHL.
0: You think so? Yeah, because he was playing with Connor, and he, they were looking good. That's true. Connor McDavid can make anyone look good. I no no, that's not true. I want to just point
1: out Wait. how well Nat Ryakopov was on that line, but somehow, like I, I hate the thing of of McDavid get anyone like any player can get anyone to twenty goals. No, no 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 no. You still need some talent. Otherwise, Zach Cassie and Milan Lucic would be you know good NHL players. How but about any?
0: Alex Chason? Oh yeah, and how is he doing this year? By the way. Is he playing with McDavid? I have no clue. Let's find out. You tell me about Neil Yakupov.
1: No, it's just, you know, I just, I, it's, it's just unfortunate the way everything ended with that guy. I, I just, yeah, it,
0: it is. But it's, that's what happens with him. I'm United just
1: saying, United. he had the speed. I still think he had the tools to do well. It's just, you know, the Oilers uh, just
0: stick with it. Alex Chason is not playing with Connor McDavid
1: All this right. year. How many – But that was still a dumb deal to begin with. He never. Yeah, knew- because he,
0: how many points goals. did he get? How, or how many goals did he get is the more important question.
1: It was more than 20 last year. How many does he have this year? One. Ah, uh, What do you know? Anyway, though, moving on from this little situation in Edmonton, again, out to McDavid. I, oh yeah,
0: congratulations to McDavid. We, we were just trashing on the Oilers. Uh, they even get to congratulate him.
1: It's just how the East works. Now, <laughs> yeah. I understand where the league is coming from with the Olympics. So Gary Bettman, you know, he has some talks at the Global Series, growing the game, all that. And basically, he's saying that, and he even says it in his quote himself, well, I don't want to sound like a broken record on the subject, but I think going to the Olympics is a challenge for us, he said. I know the players love representing their countries. I know that the players like going. I know that the players I know that the players that don't go like having a break in the middle of the season, but from our standpoint, we have found going to the Olympics is incredibly disruptive to our season. And again, I believe it was it was Sean Fitz, John Fitzgerald who was on the STP, was it not? Yeah. And he made a great point that, you know, like look at what happened with Tavares. You know, like your guys go out there, they play some of the most competitive hockey in the league, and they can get hurt. And what happened? If I was an owner and this isn't me like going look, a player makes this more money, but if if you're an oil an an owner who is giving, you know, a hundred million dollars over to Connor McDavid or however much Mitch Marner makes or Carey Price and that messes up your season, if they get hurt and come back, I get it. Um, and maybe it's because we haven't got to see the NHL players at the Olympics for so long now. But I just, I don't think I would really mind if they didn't go anymore because I, I, I get it. I get it. And my, it's selfish. I feel to be like I want them at the Olympics, but
0: no, I, 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 get I get what you're saying. I get it. I get, I get what you're saying. So the reason I added. I asked you to add this is because I, I I'm, I had a couple of questions. I, I'm, I looked at this as a fan and I looked at it from the NHL. The NHL wants to grow the game, right? They want to hit the uh, hit Europe hit, especially want to get into uh, Asia specifically in China. Now, my first question is, is sending the, NHL players to the Olympics good for hockey? I mean, yeah, I guess. Because you see it on the global stage, yeah? Right. It, it, it attracts more people. Um, I, think, <clears throat> I think you can make an argument yes and no. I think no it's not good for hockey because now if these guys get like you were saying before if the from a business standpoint it's not good for hockey because if these guys get injured it creates a whole set of problems for the owners because at the end of the day the the national teams aren't going to be paying for whatever bills they have that that they need
1: well, right I, yeah as much as I would love to see Canada win gold I don't care if something happens and Carey Price blows out a knee and the Habs are screwed, right? And I feel like you would say, and as you considering the Leafs have so many players that if there were an Olympic stage, most of their their core players would end up being chosen. If something happens to them, there goes uh, you know Toronto season. They saw, along with Tavares having a broken finger, how bad that little stretch was for the Leafs. Now with Mitch Marner gone, imagine what that would do to Toronto, especially if it was. Again, in the grand scheme of things, the NHL season is worthless.
0: Okay. Now, the next kind of doubleheader question I have is take out the injuries, right? Imagine no one can get injured. I know this is very, uh, it, it isn't a smart way to go with a question, but just with the base of my question, answer it for me. No injuries. Does sending NHL players to the Olympic, Olympics grow the game? Yes or no? yes okay now we see that because i would argue that sending players to sending teams overseas is disruptive to the season is for those specific teams right i think you can make that argument that the travel the time difference uh the the They're only there for two games. So how long are you actually in that country for? And then you have to come back, right? You're messing with your body. That's disruptive to their season. So what grows the game more? the Sending NHL teams to uh, Europe or sending players to the Olympics? I would argue that the Olympics is more disruptive. No, no. What grows the game more? Oh, yeah.
1: sorry. I, well, blah. But the, yeah, yeah, you're would, right.
0: You're right about that.
1: It would. It would definitely. I think the Olympics would grow up more
0: because that's a world everyone watches the Olympics. Right. So I guess there's two sides to this, but I think at the end of the day, the NHL is a business, and it's going to lead lean towards the business side of things. We're saying, no, we're not going to send the players to the Olympics, number one, uh, because of injuries. But I don't know, like, I've never seen them admit that they don't want to send them because of injuries. I always see them saying it's disruptive to the season. So that's being disruptive to the season is a big one because now you have to extend Either you have to move back the start of the season, or you have to move forward the playoffs, and you really don't want to be competing with the NBA playoffs because that's not going to end well. So, from a business standpoint, I understand that sending players to the Olympics is not fun.
1: No, we we could talk about the thing of growing the game and all that for a while. That's a that's a subject for a whole another <clears> day. Right. But, uh, I want to move on. I want to talk about the Boston Bruins. because, okay. So first of all, I finally get to clarify this, because I messed this up on the on the other podcast. I, I talked about, after the game between Montreal and Boston, about the, the shot attempts thing. And of course what I meant was, the Philippe Deneau line kept the Bergeron line to two shot attempts in the first period, instead of the Habs doing it overall to the entire bit of the Bruins. But if you looked at the advanced numbers, the Philippe Deneau, Thomas Tatar, Brendan Gallagher line at the time... Completely shut down the Bruins, of course, and there was the controversial call. Since then, the Bruins have lost four straight games, including last night. I threw on the Bruins game. It was 0-0. A few minutes later, it was 4-0 Boston. Flipped over to start watching Montreal's game, and I see by the end of the night that the Florida Panthers won 5-4 in the shootout. I just want to take a second and dedicate this segment, Alex, to laughing at the Boston Bruins. (laughs)
0: i'll uh maybe i should insert some laughing audio
1: i think you should
0: that's the plan
1: the adam sandler you blew it part but maybe that's too much <laughs> but i just you blew it i just want to highlight the ball that that the montreal canadians and philippe Deneau set the bruins down a, a it may be a short-term spiral but it is a downward spiral nonetheless
0: Adam, I'm I'm not going to make any comments on the Boston Bruins until Saturday morning.
1: Why's depending
0: that? on Well, because they play the Leafs Friday night. <laughs> Do they? And I don't want to make any comments because I know it's going to bite me in the ass. So, I will add the laughing audio. <laughs> but that's it about the for me for the Boston Bruins.
1: All right. So I don't want to
0: make it about Toronto, but I'm just trying to.
1: Well,
0: say, finally,
1: say in the Power Hour, this we we talked about. We weren't really that worried about the San Jose Sharks, and they've won five straight. And Eric Carlson was the first star of the game last night. I love him. Everyone loves him. He's just the best person in the world. He had three assists last night. So they're now eight, ten, and one. It's still a deep hole, but again, the Pacific Division is just such a gong show that anyone can do anything around there. Thoughts on the Sharks? They're they're pulling it together slowly.
0: Oh, well, they got. They have to pull themselves out of this hole, because they don't have their first-round pick. They do not. And the Ottawa Senators are sitting there saying lose, just lose, keep losing, I'm having a lot of fun. The uh, Ottawa Senators fans are probably laughing that, oh, man, Bullum, but we lost Boehm Byron, that's fine. We'll just take whoever the San Jose Sharks will give us. We will take Clinton Byfield and Alexis yeah. from there. Sure.
1: Just for some context, the Sharks are only a point behind Dallas right now. Dallas do have a game in hand, but it gives you a sense that those two teams, by the way, who should have been much better, are, are slowly climbing up.
0: Yeah, I, I I think both, since you brought up Dallas, I think both of these teams are going to dig themselves out of this hole. With Dallas, is a little bit different, but with San Jose specifically, I think, and I know we keep mention, mentioning this, but it really is their goalie. Goalies. It's hard. goalies, goalies, goalies. It's hard to not talk about the goalies. It really oh. is when it comes to this team. Like even last night, uh, they beat the Edmonton Oilers six to three. Do you know what Martin Jones' save percentage was?
1: I'm going to say it was a it was an eight ninety two. Eight
0: seven five.
1: Oh my god.
0: Uh, this. And then this it's the I can't figure out Martin Jones. November 9th they beat the Nashville Predators. This is the game before. Martin Jones played again. Do you want to know what his save percentage was?
1: Um it was bad, I'm assuming. No. It um, was
0: 960. Oh boy. I don't get this team. Oh my god, Adam, the game before they beat the Minnesota Wild six to five. Guess what, oh Mark Jones? The first.
1: Of, I'm assuming it's high, but it was Minnesota.
0: No, it was eight o eight. Eight eight o eight. Eight zero eight. Oh, that's bad. And then it was nine o five to start their winning streak against Chicago. If Martin Jones is not the most inconsistent goalie in the NHL, inconsistent starting goalie in the NHL, I'd love to know who is.
1: Jonathan Quick.
0: Yeah, but he's like, he has longer stretches of bad games. Martin Jones goes like good, bad, good, bad, good, good, bad, bad. Like, it's like, what is is Martin Jones?
1: Um... He is a fun goalie for anyone who is not a Sharks fan to watch, is what I'll say. Um, Alex, I want to get out the power hour now. Because it is almost the top of a new hour, Alex. Because uh, <laughs> that was that so was smooth. So there is a an injury to one Sidney Crosby. And the reason I really want to talk about this is, of course, there was always word that after his those couple of years where he had those pretty brutal concussions, that Crosby went out of Pittsburgh because he didn't trust their medical staff. And I remember hearing somewhere this year, I can't remember where, that Pittsburgh staff are notorious for their injury problems. And apparently there's something to do with Crosby in a lingering injury with a sports hernia.
0: Uh, Yes, that is true. And he is
1: now contemplating surgery.
0: Yeah. And that would sideline him for four to six weeks,
1: which is like for the penguins could derail their entire season.
0: So what it says here, this is from Rob Rossi of the athletic. Uh, He reported that Crosby aggravated his injury in the three, two win over Chicago, but he's been dealing with this injury since training camp.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) I just, I I understand the thing of wanting to play, but I mean, it's Sidney Crosby and he's 32.
0: Right. This is going to be very different for the Pittsburgh Penguins. uh, And I will explain why we are talking about the first or second best player in the world right now. Uh, Depending on who you ask. I think he's the second. Um, Others would argue. Some would argue otherwise. How do you replace Sidney Crosby? You don't. You can't. This this getting rid of or not getting rid of losing Sidney Crosby for four to six weeks is very different than losing Evgeny Malkin, not having Brian Rust, uh, Alex Galchenyuk being out, the, the list of injuries they had at the beginning are nothing compared to not having Sidney Crosby. And it's awesome that their uh, that their AHL team ha- is developing players and they're able to bring them up and they're able to actually produce points. But when it comes to replacing. Someone with Cindy, Cindy Crosby's caliber, it's not easy. No. So, uh, what do you think this team does to fix this situation?
1: Well, I mean, they don't have any cap space to start. Understand? Yeah, you put them. You, like, what move are you going to make to fix that? Even if you put Crosby on LTIR. You still haven't moved Jack Johnson. I mean, yeah, you
0: did get rid of and Branson, which oh, is one thing.
1: Fantastic. It's not like, you know, getting him in the first place wasn't a bad idea. I you know, don't mind that. Alex Carol Chenyuk has had health issues nonstop for the past two years. You still have Brandon Tanev on that stupid deal. So I, I just I don't know what you do because you're in a position with the Pens that this should be if you really need it to like a re- or like a retool a year. So you can't go and be in, in like be stupid and trade a pick or a prospect because you're going to need them. The pens aren't at a level of a Tampa or anyone that can just give away. They're not, they're not that championship back-to-back team that they were. They're just not, I don't know what you do, Alex. I don't know what you do for Jim Rutherford.
0: He's in a he- very delicate position because I'm I'm on their hockey reference page right now, and to be honest, their goal. And I know you don't like Matt Murray, so I'm not going to ask you to comment on Matt Murray. Their goalies are aren't that bad. Matt Murray is nine three and two. He has a nine fourteen save percentage. Tristan Yari is three and one. Oh, sorry, he's one in three. My bad. One in three, uh, with a nine two nine save percentage. So, I don't know what's going on there, but. At least their starting goalie is somewhat consistent, so it's yes. hard to it's it's hard for Jim Rutherford to even consider retooling because how do you retool? Because at the end of the day, even without Sidney Crosby, the team has players who are going to put up points, so it's not like they can. It, it, it's not like they're in the situation of let's say the Rangers, who would you consider the Rangers rebuilding or retooling?
1: Um they they did a super rebuild, but now they're in they're in like the final stages of it.
0: Okay, so what's a team that's retooled?
1: Um uh, I would say Montreal because they okay. still have those core players.
0: Montreal. But Montreal does not have anyone of Sidney Crosby's caliber, correct? Correct. They have really good they have good pieces. But don't have the superstar. Like superstar.
1: We we could argue price, but goalies are weird.
0: But goalies are, are different.
1: Yeah, they they have a living legend goaltending, but they haven't had a su remember we 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 made it a fair point that beside PK, the last like superstar they had was Saku Koivu. And I like Saku Koivu, but Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they don't.
0: So it's really difficult for um for Jim Rutherford? Like, what does he do? Does he look at this team and say, okay, Justin Schultz is expiring. Alex Galchenyuk is expiring. Does he go and look to trade those pieces and get something back? Like, what could you get for someone like Alex Galchenyuk? He's 25. He's going to be a UFA at the end of the year.
1: You hope to God he stays healthy and gets some numbers. Because So far, he's only got three
0: assists. I don't know what to do with this team.
1: I don't either. So I, the, the only thing you can do is hope to God Sidney Crosby is okay and he comes back and drags you out of hell.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Four to six weeks is a lot of time. A lot of time to miss. So the, if they dig themselves into a hole, I don't know if Sidney Crosby can actually take them out of that hole even though he's Sidney Crosby,
1: see, I'm tempted to agree with you, but I, you know, you know me, and, and you know the
0: saying I live by that many Hulk other poke the bear. You, no, not poke the bear. Um, oh, never. I count don't. Crosby. Yeah, I never count on Sidney Crosby.
1: Um, I guess let's let's move on to what I think is just a fascinating little thing going on in the league right now. And while I get my phone out to get all the details here. Uh, some breaking news that Roberto Alongo has been named to yes. uh, a special advisor to the floor of the Panthers. Of course, he had a fantastic tweet today. Somebody sent him some fan mail for him to sign. It was a picture of Carrie Price, though.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that.
1: <laughs> by the way, I saw Radcliffe was trending on Twitter. I'm like, oh, Daniel Radcliffe's doing something. It was stuff about the impeachment stuff, so I'm really yeah. upset about that.
0: I thought it so, was the Philadelphia prospect.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, former Guelph Storm. <laughs> Suzuki. So, <laughs> so This is from our guy. At first, I saw this is from the hockey news. As you know, no, I should get the Freeman stuff up first. Let me go get our close person. I,
0: I, I have it if you want me to read it. Yeah,
1: please read the Friedman quote. This
0: is per Elliot Friedman, good friend of Adam and Alex.
1: He likes my shoes. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
0: He says the, uh, there's word that there's word this afternoon that LA has informed Ilya Kovalchuk he will be out of the lineup for the foreseeable future. He's welcome to practice with the club but he will not be playing. More details as they occur. So and
1: So then He released
0: 31 thoughts.
1: So then the hockey before I get to, to, to start 31 thoughts. There is this report from the Hockey News saying that they were told that Ilya Kovalchuk's release from the L.A. Kings is being finalized and the details are working out. Except then Pierre Lebrun says, My understanding of the Kovalchuk situation at this hour, still no firm decision-taking, more discussions to take place between his camp and L.A. And here's the juicy part. The 35 and older contract really limits the options. Trade is best scenario here after December 15 bonus payout, but is there a market? And then no. I also believe there was just to make this even more confusing. There was a, okay, Paul, sorry, Darren Drager quote, um, tweet oh that God. said
0: the one I sent you
1: so for those of yes. For those of you who have suggested the release, Kovalchuk would have to either breach or walk away from his contract or from LA to terminate the agreement. Can't see it happening. Kings would still take the cap charge as he's over 35 years old. There was 31 thoughts. There was more stuff on Kovalchuk there. There was also talk about Tyler to and there seems to be that <clears throat> no one seems to be safe from being scratched, and 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 Kovachuk has been producing. He's not been the worst player. He's scoring on like a lot of people in LA. So Alex, I'm going to turn this over to you because I do not know what the hell is happening with this situation. I, what help me here, Alex?
0: So it's a it's a really interesting situation because he's 35 and over. Which means, I mean, the reason this was created was so that they don't sign that this contract was essentially created, uh, was that so NHL players don't sign these older players to ridiculous deals and then they retire, uh, like a quarter of the way through and then the cap pick gets erased. Now, this is an interesting contract. I don't know if you've taken a look at the details. Now, when he first signed it, uh, it's very similar to the Patrick Marlowe deal, right? Three years, $6.25 million. But it's not like the Marlowe deal. Um, his last year has a base salary of $4.25 million, which is, I believe, the complete, like, completely different than what Marlowe had. Yeah. Now, his bonus, I believe, part the part of his bonus gets paid in December. So after that, it's kind of a let's see what happens. So I have the Patrick Marlowe deal up. Uh, he got paid three million on July first, and then his base salary is one point two five. So that's three million, a three million dollar difference in salary. Now, I don't believe that this deal worked out for the Kings. In his first year, he had 34 points in 64 games played. And it looked on the ice that it just was not working. This year, the second year of his deal, 9 points, uh, 3 goals in 17 games. He's had 1 goal and 3 points in his last 13 games. So it, it's a tricky situation for the Kings and how they're going to get out of it because I really don't see there being a trade market. Now, there's one team in particular, I don't know if you're thinking the same team as me, who, when his bonus is paid, can go do- directly to this team. Are you thinking the same team that I am?
1: Um, I th- the Ottawa Senators?
0: The Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators can say, hey, we'll gladly take this deal. Uh, Why don't you attach something nice to it? Or that's what a team should do. I don't know if the Ottawa Senators will do that. They might just take it and throw in a pick because why the hell not? Um, But other than the Ottawa Senators, I don't see any other team in the league wanting to pick up Ilya Kovalchuk's contract Number one, because I don't know if he's, not that he's not an NHL player, I just don't know who wants to take on this contract, and he's not actually living up to that 6.25 million dollar tag price he's, tag.
1: He's third in King's scoring, behind only Doughty, Brown, and Kopitar. That's the weird thing. Like he hasn't been bad. I don't get it.
0: Adam, he got all his point, the, his most of his points, which were six in the first four games and he's gotten three points in the last 13 and ah. he's making $6.25 million. So
1: that's why. Okay.
0: Never mind. My guess, my guess is there's something in the background. right? Kopitar came out, uh, said it's just not working out. He's like, he's a great guy, uh, complimented him, but said, I don't think it's working out.
1: Uh, just a quick thing here. I'm going to, uh, Funny thing here, um, the uh, the only players who have a plus rating on the uh, on the Kings are Sean Walker, Kopitar, Brown, Clifford, and Carl Grundstrom.
0: That's a great. That's, Kings, that's
1: cr- I just thought that really funny.
0: Now, you kind of went over the options for the LA Kings trade. Terminate or just keep him, but he's not going to play. Already talked about trade. Don't even need to bring up what it means for him to sit. He's just going to rack in the cash Ter- and terminating his contract. I find it hard to believe that Ilya Kolchuk is going to walk away from all this money with nothing set
1: he left the NHL in the first place to get more money. So you're damn right. He's going to wait for, uh, to get his paycheck.
0: Someone in Russia will come knocking.
1: Oh, I'm sure Moscow or Dynamo already have, sorry, that's the same team. I'm sure like Peter's St. Petersburg uh, already have something drawn up for him.
0: Right. So until something is finalized now at that point, it's a, it's a different matter for the league, uh, is, Ilya Kovalchuk going to walk away from the money or are, they, or are the LA Kings going to have to terminate his contract, right? So remember, we were just bringing up with Darren Dreger. Uh, Kovalchuk would have to either reach or walk away from his contract in order for LA to terminate the, con- terminate the agreement, and he can't see that happening. And the Kings would still take the cap charge as he's over 35 so it, it's a really tough situation for the LA Kings,
1: and it is a hundred percent their own fault.
0: Yeah, they really shouldn't have signed Ilya Kovalchuk,
1: and now they're, they're I, signing Tyler. Sorry, they're they're scratching Tyler to Foley and trying to shop him, and no one's even interested. Like,
0: I don't think the LA Kings saw themselves like this. I oh. think they signed Ilya Kovalchuk as a piece. As an extra piece because last year they were going to have some fun. I don't think this would... They did not think it was going to end like this. No way.
1: They got swept by Vegas thinking it was just some happy-go-lucky story. They thought Quick was going to be Jonathan Quick. And then it's just the wheels have fallen off. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alex, I'm assuming we want to talk about do you want me to just do the Montreal stuff and then go into Toronto? Because, uh, sure. So, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a shout out because when this man makes any other predictions, it seems to be the reverse. But, in uh, so for those of you who don't know, the um, the sportsnet show Ice Surfing Tuesday nights on Twitter, there's this lay it on the line challenge going throughout the year with Steve Dangle and Jeff Merrick. And Jeff Merrick is just killing Steve on this, right? Even one of the games was the bo- the one Boston won where Par Lindholm scored, right? And last night, the lay-it-on-the-line game was between the Montreal Canadiens and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And all of a sudden, Twitter explodes because Steve Dangle is there smiling, and he's wearing a Habs jersey. Because <laughs> he picked... Les Canadiens de Montréal, a real winner for the Lay It On The Line Challenge. And do you want to know what happened, Alex?
0: They won in shootout.
1: The Montreal Canadiens won. So I'm just going to read
0: shootout.
1: you. Gonna... No, no, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I
0: uh, should be just... clear.
1: Let me just read you some, some points here. So Steve Dangle is rooting for the Habs. This is weird to see. Then, uh, of course, he said, who doesn't love a good heel turn after Scott MacArthur?" Quote tweeted saying, what is this? Then he put a picture of the NWO. <laughs> then he says, have score, a bunch of exclamation points. Then he says, no, when the Blue Jackets scored with a few minutes left in the game to give them the lead. Then he says, "We," oui, when Thomas Tatar tied the game up. Then he quote tweeted that saying, Thomas Tatar. Then he points out that the, uh, of course, the Bruins will lead. That was funny. He does, he tweets out the ole ole thing. And then a Woo. After he said, my Montreal Canadiens are getting the win tonight. So, I just want to point out that Steve Dangle looks so good in red, doesn't he?
0: Well, it is a TV color, so.
1: It is. So it's blue. So is blue. But yeah. I just want to point out that, first of all, don't start doing HFRs. That's my territory. Even if only about five people watch it. And uh, one of those people are my co-hosts. Oh, but sure. um, I, I just want to... Give a shout-out to Steven Dangle. He's joining... To quote Obi-Wan Kenobi as a Leafs fan, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them.
0: Maybe he's yeah. going to blow it up from the inside.
1: Yeah, yeah no. So anyway, <laughs> to go on about Montreal, uh, yeah. Carey Price won them the game last night. Of course, there was a the game-time goal from Thomas Tatar after Nick Suzuki... Nick Suzuki Alex is going to be so good one day. It already is really good. This amazing pass that he makes, you know, to find Thomas and Tigers wide open. Poor Elvis Merz lincoln couldn't do anything about it, by the way. Elvis Merz Lincoln Elvis was in the net. That was pretty funny. And, um, uh, yeah, Carry Price was awesome.
0: I saw Ryan Paling was sent down today.
1: So he uh, has barely played more than nine minutes a game. He is. A a product of Montreal center depth being too good. Okay. Um, there so was it's not an injury. No, there was a press conference with Bergeron, and he said it's it's for so we can play more. But the plan is to have him in Montreal by year's end. He wasn't even playing center. He's playing the wing on Thompson's line. So they just decided, no, this is enough.
0: Yeah, um, yeah that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the Habs actually killed off a f- um a four on three in overtime, which is. Alex, I don't know about you, but whenever my team takes a penalty in overtime, I think it's over.
0: Adam, you're talking to the specialist of overtime penalties right here.
1: But, you know, right? So, <laughs> they did nice, like they did a, It was a really, really good penalty kill. Harry Price yeah. makes really good saves. Even when like the net got knocked off, but the buddy still went for the shot. And Price just completely robbed him. He even celebrated a bit after the shootout win. By the way, I saw John... That and Price never celebrates, right? He's very stone cold. Jonathan and did his normal move where like he'll hook to the side near the boards. He'll come in and go five hole on you and he just, he made... It. Poor Elvis versus Lincolns played so well but it's just the problem is the Habs found a way to squeak out a win and he had to go up against Carey Price which is just not fair.
0: Not fair at all. No. So
1: I think that's really everything big to go with Montreal's game last night. They now sit second in the Atlantic division.
0: A yeah, I was point- about to say that.
1: Yeah. Oh well uh, a point ahead of Toronto, but Toronto but Montreal have a game in hand over Toronto as well.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Fun times.
1: That's pretty nice, isn't it?
0: For you it is.
1: Yeah. Well, talking about things that are really nice. You wanna know what's really, really not nice, actually but it happened to uh, a, something that's not nice to happen to a really nice person. Tell me. Um, it looks like Mitch Marner's going to be out for, for four weeks,
0: four weeks. Well, he's going to be evaluated in four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yes. So that's fun. Uh, now the Leafs don't have to deal with their cap crunch for another four weeks. Uh, which everyone's been thinking about, everyone. But we still have to deal with our backup goalie. Um, Now, Hutchinson still hasn't won a game and has now been sent down to the AHL, passed through waivers, Kazimir Kaskisuo. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that correctly. It's either Kaskisuo or Kaskisuo. I've heard both of them. Now, I'm not going to get angry about it, but Adam, I don't know. how. Well, you've seen two of Michael Hutchinson's games because for some reason he's played both Saturday nights against Montreal on back-to-backs. Now, I, I can't figure this out, and I, re- I hope you can answer the question for me are the leafs not playing well in front of uh, or in front of michael hutchinson or is michael hutchinson just not playing well
1: honestly dude when I, what i saw against if we're talking about the habs games specifically then i'll talk to you my general thoughts on them the game against the first one against montreal where the leafs blew the 4-1 lead let's be honest even like the first montreal's second goal Morgan Riley looked visibly like he realized it was his fault. You don't blow a 4-1 lead and it's one guy's fault. The second game, the Leafs allowed two breakaways and a, and a two-on-one that all resulted in goals. And, the two, and, um, and two of the breakaways no, sorry, it was three breakaways and a two-on-one. Two of those breakaways were Jonathan Drouin, who might have the best hands on Montreal and some of the best in the league. So I don't blame him for those. And I thought he made some really good, timely saves. And I've got to catch some Leafs games and I and Hutchinson was not the problem. Now, of course, there's always a the thing of compared to what he was to like Curtis Magaly, that guy stopped pucks. Michael Hutchinson hasn't been that, but at the same time, I don't I don't think it's very fair to him that he got sent down, but You I know mean, what
0: the problem is? What? I figured it out. you know what the problem is?
1: They don't you put can't... him in position to succeed
0: not yeah number 1 mike babcock is not putting him in situations to exceed number 2 michael hutchinson is not making the important saves I, let's let, let me explain and i'm going to give you a prime example against the chicago blackhawks down number 1 on six shots he let in four goals First period, six shots, he let in four goals. So that's not ma- no that's not helping anyone. Then they're up or not up, sorry, never up in that game. They were down four to three. They came back. Uh, really, Toronto had a really good chance. Brendan Saad comes down, scores on Michael Hutchinson. Do you get what I'm saying? He's not making the important saves when the team needs him to make the important saves. Sure, he looks good uh, every other time. But when the team needs him to make a save, it seems like he's not making those saves. And that's a problem. Uh, This team still hasn't won a back-to-back. I don't know why... They cannot play on this back half of the back-to-back. Now, Uh, (laughs) and I know you don't have the answer. I know you don't have the answer for me. Unless you do. Do you have the answer for me? Oh, They're not tough enough. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or if you're being serious.
1: I, I am being very very sarcastic okay
0: good good i'm just making sure because that's a whole separate conversation now i during uh not during class obviously i came up with my list of potential backup goalie options (laughs) now you so did
1: it during class it was 400 none of us pay attention
0: no no um now i know Bob McKenzie said that they're not in the market for a backup goalie. They want to see what they have in Kazimir Kaskisuo. And he's actually 6-1-1 six, uh, six, one one in the AHL uh, and a nine two eight save percentage. But that doesn't mean anything because Michael Hutchinson and Gareth Sparks were also good in the AHL. So I'm not making any assumptions about Kazimir Kaskisuo. He will also be playing his first game against the Pittsburgh Penguins this Saturday.
1: On the second half of a back-to-back.
0: On a second half of a back-to-back. So, <laughs> I have seven potential backup goalies. You let me know what you think.
1: Okay.
0: Eric Comrie, from the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Malcolm Subban. I have a question mark behind beside Malcolm Subban. Subban, the man. Colin Delia, who's in Chicago, and I have a question mark beside him because is I want to know if he's their backup moving forward once they decide on Crawford and Leonard because they're going to decide on one of them. Uh, Anton Forsberg in Carolina. One of
1: he is not Pardon? I was wondering what happened to
0: him. Yeah, he's in the AHL right now. One of Tristan Yari or Casey DeSmith, which I think would be interesting prospects to bring into the Leafs. Uh, Alex Staylock, and finally Jack Campbell. Those are my seven.
1: I think, first of all, I think you cross out Jack Campbell, because if there is
0: a possibility of quick-ending moves, I think they go with him. Right, That's, there was a question mark beside Jack Campbell. Um, I don't know if any of those will actually help. But I heard an interesting concept today um, on Good Show. What if the Leafs continue to send that bring up and send down Kazimir Kaskiswell so he continues to play games on a regular basis? Don't you only have a certain amount of call-ups? I'm not sure about that. I um, I just heard the I just heard the idea on good show. I thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting because all we hear about with backup goalies, what make ba- what makes a good backup goalie, is that he can not play for two to three weeks. But was there's this not a Bunkus idea. This was a JD Bunkus idea. It sounds like a J.D. Bunkus idea, and it is, but I thought it was interesting because you continue to hear that goalies get on the rhythm, just right? They get on a rhythm playing games and playing well. If you set if you let's say Kasmir Casimir, so you can, can you, you send him down, plays a game or two, bring it back up, and he plays on the back to back right so cuz he's not playing anywhere else because that's not how mike babcock works um i think i thought it was an interesting idea i don't know if it's actually possible and my final thing on the toronto maple leafs guess who's making their season debut tonight um can i
1: have a a a uh, their season debut for Toronto, yeah. or yes? Can you tell me what position they play? Forward. Oh, did someone get called up? Um, because I saw somebody suggest, course, like somebody said something about Pierre. Pierre. Eng...
0: Yeah, I saw that, but it's not Pierre Engvall. It is our Lord and Savior, Zach Hyman.
1: Oh yeah, oh, I forgot about the poor man's Brandon Gallagher.
0: Apparently, Zach Hyman is going to fix all our problems up front.
1: Yeah, I, I still...
0: Don't know how, but you know, he's going to do it.
1: It's going to happen, but it's just... It's, it's amazing the fact that he is the glue. No disrespect to him, but it's just like, really?
0: Adam, I have no idea. I can't answer that question for you. I have okay. no idea why he's that. Why is the glue.
1: Oh, I can't wait till he's killing penalties and taking face-offs
0: again. With a torn ACL. With
1: a torn ACL.
0: That will be so much fun.
1: Well, Alex, looking ahead, of course, because they are playing the Islanders. who are 12 12-3-1. And a John
0: couple is- hours.
1: Of course, this will be probably one of the better Islander crowds because it may be his second year back, but John Tavares is still a snake to them, and he is coming back. So it will be a fun game. What are you expecting out of the Leafs tonight?
0: well for me it's it's a very important game i mean i say that about every game but every game at the end of the day every game is important especially the way they've been playing i'd like them to continue continue playing uh the way they were before the chicago game uh they're playing i think i'd consider it more as a team I'd like to see how Zach Hyman gets back into this roster. I know Mitch Marner isn't there. Uh, I believe Kapanen's going to replace him, and this time he's actually going to play on the Tavares line on his proper wing. So that actually might make a difference. Uh, He can play in the Marner-type role rather than him having to play in the Hyman role, which maybe he wasn't the best at. So it's going to be an interesting game for Kapanen. it's going to be an interesting game for Hyman. I want to see Travis Dermott playing the playing like he was uh the last couple of games. That's what I want to see from them. I want Matthews to score a goal. That's what I want to see from this team.
1: Give me a give me a prediction on the score.
0: predictions. Uh th- three two Toronto. Three two Toronto? Alright. Yeah. And I know I'm gonna be wrong. Just guy, I, I have this feeling.
1: Okay. Well is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. Alright, of course Alex, I will do my final look on Twitter to see if we're not gonna miss anything. Uh McDavid has been traded obviously.
0: What? Uh,
1: Carl Osner, one for one stop it. Oh, God, I wish. There's it, was absolutely...
0: a cop, it was a cap dump. It was a cap dump. Yeah,
1: There's actually a really good article that I think people should read, and it's only... I only noticed it because it was... It's, it's from the Laval Rocket, but it's by Mark Dupont. But uh, he talks to Carl Alsner and Dale Weese, and it's about a pro's life in the AHL. Uh, give you some perspective on how difficult it is for those guys who, you know, they've they played... Alsner, for example, played with, you know, a championship level Caps team, and Deo Weese has been the Flyers, Montreal, Excuse me, Montreal. All that. So it's actually really interesting read to give you a sense of how difficult it is for these guys. So I would recommend reading that, Alex. I think what we should start doing is, is uh, each show one of us recommends a reading for people to go check out, and uh, I think I would like to do that about this article by Mark Dumont of the Athletic.
0: Okay. Well, if I'm gonna have to pick one, I'll pick Thirty One Thoughts.
1: Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Awesome. I think that's it. That is it. Good show. It
0: good. was a good show.
1: Well, if you, the dear listeners, liked this episode, I say it every week, but you should rate the podcast. You should leave a review. If it's good enough, we'll talk about it on the show. You should check out the 2-on-1 Instagram page. You should check out my YouTube channel, which everything I'm assuming will be linked in the description of this podcast by Alex. Uh, don't check out Daniel's stuff because he is disappeared until probably December. But yeah, I think that is everything we need to know and the listeners need to know.
0: Yes. Awesome. See All you guys right. next time. All right.
1: Steve Dangle is a Habs fan.
0: for listening to another episode of the two-on-one podcast